Today's episode of The Masked Man Show is brought to you by the new comedy, Fighting With My Family, produced by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It tells the incredible true story of WWE superstar Paige and her hilarious wrestling family. It's funny, it makes you feel good, and it's got all the action you want from a film centered on pro wrestling. But don't miss Fighting With My Family in select theaters February 14th and everywhere February 22nd. And we're also brought to you today by Comedy Central's Roast Battle. What's a roast battle? Imagine the perfect combination of stand-up comedy, rap battles, and professional wrestling all in one place. Join Brian Moses and DJ Coach T for Roast Battle, the podcast, as they bring you weekly live battles from the world-famous comedy store in Hollywood, as well as behind-the-scenes interviews with the industry's best comedians. You'll hear some insensitive jokes, some politically incorrect jokes, but every joke you hear comes from a place of love. So subscribe now to Roast Battle for new episodes every Thursday in your podcast feed. What's up, guys? This is your girl, WWE Superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE Superstar Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to The Masked Man Show. And you are listening to The Masked Man Show. And you're listening to The Masked Man Show. Welcome to The Masked Man Show. I'm David Shoemaker. Sitting across from me is my dear friend, the king of sad style, Dan St. Germain. Woo! What's and going on, buddy? I'm, not everything's going on. So much is going on. We're on the road to WrestleMania. And sitting in a lonely studio in Los Angeles, California, is my heel producer, Jim. That's me. Right before we came on the air, Jim was saying, hey, I've been watching some of this wrestling you guys talk about. And I should stay for the audience. Jim watches wrestling. He doesn't watch with the fine-tuned eyeball of Dan or myself. Yeah. Uh, he grew up watching wrestling, is convert conversational in wrestling, um, but is kind of lazy when it comes to watching the 18 hours a week of wrestling that it takes to be uh, a real expert in this thing. Yeah, he's not committed. He's not committed. But he's been, watching more, he's been watching more lately. We're on the road to WrestleMania. He cares a great deal. And as I was getting a text from Dan St. Germain saying, I'm here, come let me in, these words come out of Jim's mouth. Jim, I'll let you take it from here. I think Becky Lynch is really overrated. <laughs> Whoa, hot take. Oh my gosh, we are launching a we're, we're launching true. the first take of Pro that Wrestling is the most podcast. Real producer Jim thing that you could possibly say. No, it's it's true. so bad. Come on. It's such a, She's it's not such a wrong cold. take. Like they compared to Stone Cold, please. Her what timing's may, what, bad with the, the mic. The business is in. Eh, it's not good. Her timing isn't bad on the yeah, mic. It is. It is. That's crazy. It's really, it's, this is really nuts. I mean, she's the most over that anyone's been since Daniel Bryan. How can you deny that? I don't, I don't care for him either, actually. <laughs> so you Wait, just Jim, want who Stone do you Cold. like? Who do you, who, who do you watch and you're like, that guy or gal should be on top of the show? Rob Van Dam. <laughs> <laughs> you know he's not still on he Monday. Is, he's, he's not still on WWE, Joe. right? No, I didn't know. Is there that. anyone active in WWE that you like? You like Braun Strowman? You like uh, yeah, my Finn Balor? No. You like Ronda Rousey or Charlotte Flair better than Becky Lynch? Flair, probably. Well, 
That's a great segue into our big story of the week. <laughs> no Christmas <Yeah>. forever. <laughs> that take killed Pedro Morales. Uh, oh, yeah. R.I.P. Pedro Morales, WWE Grand Slam champion. Um, was he the first Grand Slam champion? I think he was. I think he was. Um, but he might not have been. Back then, everyone had a body where they worked out like crazy, but also ate whatever they wanted. If you see all those matches, it's like really fat guys who are really mu- who uh, can lift weights. Yeah, Pedro Morales, Pedro Morales, uh, and everybody from that era, they wore these little like those little like uh, you know jackets with their briefs to the ring. Yeah, and it did. They, the jackets never did anybody any favors because they all had fat faces. Because that's what it looked yeah. like when you were a power lifter down there. Well, whatever I mean, he, then, Pedro was doing was right because he lived to seventy six, which is two hundred and forty one in wrestler years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, man, he was great. Um, he was world champ. Had a, a he. I mean, go back and watch his stuff on the network. I know I always say that when people pass. He's he was he was. It's a different era. It's a different era. But he was he was very very over. He he never he wasn't quite as over as I think WWE wanted to be. But uh. He he carried the company for a while after uh, in in the intermediate time between Bruno's two championships. He had a little uh, he had a little feud or brief square show, showdown with Bruno when they were tag teaming, which was uh, of all the things that he did, one of the interesting like modern like modern things that echoes into the modern era, the sort of face versus face um, aspect of that little feud. But anyway, one of the one of the real greats, maybe the best ever. Um, from Puerto Rico, and uh, man, people loved him. I mean, that's the biggest thing you get with these. You know, people die sometimes, and you get these very formal, like, really enjoyed working with this man tweets or whatever. But people, right? People, people love Pedro, man. Anyway, well, move- when Bret Hart says he likes you, you know <laughs> that the guy was a good kid. Bret, Bret hates everybody, so that's true. The real story this week, the thing that everybody's talking about. Is involves Jim's favorite wrestler Becky Lynch. Her Monday Night Raw was uh, pretty much all about Becky Lynch. Yeah, it was a rough Raw. SmackDown was terrific. SmackDown was really good. Well, it was two hours long. Um, Monday Night Raw uh, was all about Becky being forced to apologize to Triple H and Stephanie for slapping Triple H and attacking Stephanie the week before. Also, for she apparently she did get her knee checked out and she's fine. She's good to go. She eventually apologizes. Sorry for the spoilers. Only to have the rug pulled out from under her by none other than Vince McMahon. Who What's made left his, of Vince McMahon? Yeah, um, <laughs> what they were able to assemble. Vince McMahon come, came out at the end and said, Beverly "Not Hills. so fast. Uh, you have to fight Charlotte Flair." <sighs> That's your so you're so you're down on this. I'm down on it. And I should you have to fight. Sorry, you have you are suspended and replaced by Charlotte Flair. So right, obviously, I, I, I sort of jumped ahead because obviously she's going to. The, the, well, uh, what were, what I, I want to say pros and cons. Right, the the pros is that um, Ronda can't really carry a promo, and the idea of her carrying a promo for two or three months until WrestleMania mm-hmm. would be hard to build this matchup, mm-hmm. and Charlotte can. And Charlotte should always be a heel. She's a great heel. Totally so she'll agree. be able to build the matchup in that way. So I understand the actual logic of this. I don't I don't think it's this crazy, like WWE doesn't know what they're doing. There is some logic about this. But I wish that it was built up in the sense um that by fast lane, Charlotte is now left off the match. Because people want to see, especially for a first time main event, 
in the women's division, they want to see two people square off. They want to see the Hogan Andre. They want to see what, which is a, kind of a bad comparison, but they want to see Becca, Becky and Ronda. I don't think they want a triple threat match for this. And she's not a Daniel Bryan character who needs to overcome the Here, odds in the same way. Well, okay. There, that, that I agree with to some extent. And I think that it's, it, WWE is constantly putting people in the same boxes as they've done in the past. Becky's not the first person that's happened to. I mean, think of all the people that have been booked just like the, the top baby faces that are being booked like Hogan or later booked like John Cena to their detriment. You know, I mean, Roman yeah. Reigns got a lot of that. So, I mean, there's, there's, they have, they, they do sort of go back over old territory and have very kind of, it seems at times, narrow views of what a top or any performer can be once you sort of set them up, you know. And limited, Charlotte's limited great, vocabulary. by the way. I, I, this is not me shitting on Charlotte. I, no, I, no, no. There's a, every, everybody is shitting on this. And, that, and I think it's, it, we, it, you know, we, we should dig into it and we should, we should talk about it. I, so pros and cons, since you said that, I will say pro number one, Becky Lynch, who, lest we forget, was a SmackDown performer exclusively like 14 minutes ago, was the star of Monday Night Raw. Right? Right. Before anybody gets mad that she's getting buried and she's getting replaced by Charlotte Flair, like this is a storyline and she was the star of Monday Night Raw. They didn't make her look as badass as Stone Cold Steve Austin, but they gave her all that screen time. I mean, that's that's a real thing. Um, I'm not forgiving them for all this stuff. Don't get me wrong. Now, the cons, I mean, the, the story itself, it really feels like they they picked their, they got to their end point and then they just sort of like worked backwards really inartfully to try to fill up two months of screen time right. or a month of screen time. I'm not sure why the storyline last week was that her knee was the issue. And Monday night, the knee was the issue. Tuesday night, her knee might be okay, but her fear is the issue. A week later, her knee is fine. We're not talking about that anymore, but now she has to apologize. The apology is the issue. And then by the end of the show, she just apologizes, right? I mean, none of the things that were supposed to matter in any of those segments actually mattered by the end of the show, right? So for two two weeks of, w, of Raw programming and SmackDown programming, for that matter, are literally inconsequential to what happened to, to the story as we, as we know it now. Yeah. Right? They could have done the Charlotte Vince angle two weeks ago, and it would have been exactly the same. Well, you know, I'm, I don't have as big of a problem with that. I, I do think... You know, there's something to say about, like, if she just said, F you, I'm not apologizing. You know, it would be almost too much of a retreading of the Stone Cold angle. Mm -hmm. So uh, maybe there's more of an interesting character here where you're seeing some humility about her. Um, but I think the overall problem, and I, and I talked about this with Mike Lawrence, who's been on the podcast before, and he's he's brought this up numerous times, and he's not wrong, is that we're sick of the We don't need the McMahons for this angle. And I, and I think that, again, it's like Vince sticks his head in it, Triple H sticks his head in it. The reason NXT works so well, one of the many reasons, I'm not going to say one reason, is that you have William Regal as the commissioner, someone who's basically just there to make sure the trains run on time. And now, again, we're doing this authority angle all the time. All right. I, I don't know. I agree with that. I will say that if, that if we want to go do pros and cons... Again, she was the she was the main character. She was the, the 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 spotlight performer on Monday Night Raw, and in the mind of everybody, of all you know, of, of Vince and Stephanie and Triple H, but particularly Vince, this is a huge vote of confidence to have them involved in her angle, right? I mean, so so yeah, but you're right, you're right from a storytelling perspective. We don't need it, but let's but let's look at the you know on the bright side. They're this is an you know an endorsement. 
Now, listen, I think that where we're going <coughs> is a triple threat at WrestleMania. And like you said, and I'm not as upset with this as some people. Now, the the, the complaints that you keep hearing are, one, that it leaves Asuka without an opponent. I don't know why. I've seen this online one million times. Right. People, I think people just don't like the angle and they're looking for a factual reason as to why it's the storyline is, is, is bad. And what I keep hearing is that Charlotte would have been the logical opponent for Asuka and now we need to, she needs a top tier uh, headline match at WrestleMania. I mean, it just seems so beside the point to me. If they can't figure out something to do with Asuka, yeah, that's a, that's a legitimate criticism. But to not book a match because you want to like spread the wealth of wrestlers, that seems just weird. Like I don't, I don't think that yeah, that's I, a lot. I mean, I just think they need to do some. I, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, they need to do something with Oscar. Um, and I guess they really haven't built up anyone besides Ronda, Charlotte, and Becky to the level where they'd be deemed a serious threat to her reign. I mean, I I agree. I I mean, frankly, we, I wish that they, that we had three people that were built up to that level on the men's side of wrestling. Absolutely. You know I, mean? I mean, I think maybe you could get there with Naomi and the Usos because they had a past relationship and if you if you turn Naomi heel... Well, there have been some people theorizing that Ruby Riot will come out of this match on against... I mean, at Elimination Chamber, her match against uh, Ronda Rousey, she'll come out good enough to somehow switch shows herself and take that spot. Um, Since the shows don't really... I like Ruby Riot a lot. I don't know if she's there yet, but, you know... But Oscar versus the Riot Squad could be kind of interesting, right? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I thought that about Kofi Kingston, and then he proved me wrong. So mm-hmm. um, anything's possible. And listen, I mean, there's 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 a, there's other things you could do, right? I mean, it's not exclusive. Well, I mean, why not? I mean, that could be that could be Shayna Baszler. Just throw her out there. You yeah, know I mean, like I, that's you could, an easy that's an easy fix right there. Um, but I agree. If they don't do anything with Oscar, that's that's. That's offensive, but you know, hopefully they'll figure something out. She wasn't on SmackDown on Tuesday, so <laughs> read into that what you will. Um, you know, a lot of people don't think that. I mean, they are saying you're, that Becky and 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 Ronda have this actual actual, I guess, is a, you know, a flexible word, God. but an actual rivalry, actual feud, and that this sort of messes it up. Uh, or Charlotte just sort of gets in the way of it, or this whole kayfabe working shit with the McMahons gets in the way of it. I don't know, man. I mean, it's like I think that you hit the nail on the head that that Ronda can't carry. She can't carry. She can't promo. carry so this promo on the mic. Paul, you have to go hard heel with her and team her with Paul Heyman, and then there's people within WB. Conrad Thompson. And I talk about this on our podcast Saturday. That you know the more casual fan likes Ronda Rousey, so you know, uh-huh. he doesn't think that you can turn her heel. Um, but I mean, I think that that's the only. Other option. I just had a thought of who and, and WWE could go doesn't against. and WWE doesn't want to turn her heel either. That's the other thing. No, they, they need don't. A, they need to heel in the match. And Becky's and who knows? Maybe she wants to sell T-shirts, right? Yeah, Becky's irrepressible, and Ronda's not going to be a heel. So that's Dude, what Charlotte does. What here's here here's my idea for an Oscar match. Oscar it. versus Daniel Bryan. <laughs> Intergender. I th- and if anyone who's able to work that kind of match, it's going to be Daniel Bryan and Oscar. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a pick'em match, right? Because he's lost champion enough. Champion versus champion. Champion versus champion. Battle of the Sexes. I think it's a great idea. It's not a bad idea, you know? Because, like, the only other things, like, when they have, like, Randy Orton versus Nia Jax, there's, like, something that's kind of, like, feels, like, kind of problematic about that. I don't know why. But with Daniel Bryan and Asuka, it feels like a fair fight. It does, sort of. Throw that out there. What if Daniel Bryan just made it his mission to have the first 
women's match in the main event of WrestleMania. He like he doesn't think <laughs> he doesn't think that Charlotte and Becky and Ronda deserve it. So That's, he's going to have that it. That would be hilarious. <laughs> he starts marking me as the most progressive yeah. angle in WWE history. Um that could be really good. So yeah, so so you know, Ronda's not going to go heel for any for a variety of reasons. So Charlotte's there to play that role. I think we're headed towards a triple threat. I think it's pretty obvious. But before we get out over our legs complaining about it, let's not forget that this we are this distance from WrestleMania five years ago when we all thought Daniel Bryan was still we all still thought Daniel Bryan was getting fucked. Right? That's we, true. I think Becky's. I mean, Becky's going to be in the main event. Oh no, Becky's be, definitely getting back in. It, it, you don't take somebody out of an event in the main event spot at Raw. You don't take somebody yeah. out of a match in the main event spot at Raw unless they're going to get back in. And it's definitely going to be a better main event than the last couple main events we've had at WrestleMania. So, I mean, it's going to be better than than Roman and Brock. It's going to be better than Roman and Taker uh, and and Roman and, and Triple H. It's going to be the best match since the first Roman and Lesnar. Yeah. Main again, event wise. Also, yes, let's not let's not set aside the fact that Charlotte always brings it in big matches. Have putting her in this oh, match terrific. is probably gonna make this match better. Now, yes, it does sort of like dilute I mean, I, I can understand the argument that it dilutes the Becky Ronda feud and and it, you know, compromises Becky's, you know, it makes it makes it seem like Becky I don't know. Well, it's similar to what they you know, people when WrestleMania fifteen there's all that backstage war that they wanted to add Mick Foley to the main event. Uh-huh. And they kind of did. They made him the ref, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe there's a way to make Charlotte an enforcer during the main event that would that would satisfy everybody. But I, I do think she needs to be involved in some way. I just don't know if she needs to be in the actual match. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I think that I, I think that it makes sense for her to be there. I think that I mean I feel like, feel like we all saw this coming and and people are react overreacting to the McMahon family involvement. And making it seem like she doesn't, you know, she hasn't deserved it. By the way, Becky Lynch wasn't even in the Royal Rumble. So, you know, in kayfabe, get out of here with your with your McMahon intervention conversations. Yeah. They might should have used that. I mean, I guess they could have been like, I don't know who what Fit Finley was doing. And <laughs> I appreciate that you think you run, won the Royal Rumble, but Fit Finley is not a decision maker. You know, in this that, was a, that was a Vince decision. Well, I'll have the Irish one letter. <laughs> Of course. But no one's brought it up. There's been a lot of stops and starts. But um I just, you know, again, this the McMahon stuff is just can we just go in another direction just for a couple years? Just give it a well, couple. We've had a couple years. I mean, it's like they you know, always show up when the ratings drop in some capacity. Well, and then, I mean, there's a reason they always show up when the ratings drop. They don't let it get, but it's like that's that's like bringing that that would be like if you brought Hogan back every 6 months to WWF, you would have never had the attitude era after he left. Because it would have been a band-aid over a bold hole. We're not giving enough enough time to grow. It's true, but if we're but if we're I mean, this is I mean, I don't think anybody would complain in some general like general way if that if WWE went back to more concepts from the Attitude Era. The yeah. fact that they keep coming back doesn't mean times haven't changed. But anyway. Anyway. Um there are uh many other things going on in on, in WWE right now. Um a lot has changed. We didn't. I didn't have a show last week, uh, and in that span of time, Seth Rollins has been like injured and uninjured, and is now just kind of taking some time off before WrestleMania. Smart. Um, we also. You also probably didn't get to cover Kenny Omega going to AEW. No, we didn't cover AEW a lot. Um, it's a. It's a big deal. Huge deal. Uh, how excited for you and are you in in for AEW? I'm excited. I may. I may be. Uh, you may see my face at StarCast Weekend there during <laughs> Vegas. Uh, I won't say any more. 
But uh, yeah, I, you know, I think that he's the guy they needed to. I really thought he was going to go to WWE and just take the money for a year, kind of do the what Flair did at WrestleMania eight and uh-huh. then go back to AEW. But I mean, them getting him is a is a is a you know, I mean, they needed to make that move happen. So I mean, it's huge. Do you think it was ever in doubt? Did you really think he was like considering the WWE offer? Look, I, I mean, if you're getting paid a lot of money, and I mean, you've had the matches that he's had in the past, you know, you know, six or seven years, right, where he's basically getting brutalized in the ring every night in Japanese strong style. I, I wouldn't put it past any person to be like, oh, let me take a year, easy, a, a money, a easier money, and a softer work style. Mm-hmm. But you know, he's he's a true. He's a true fucking artist, dude. Yeah, he's good. Well, it is interesting. I mean, that's the first. And he's not the first person to choose to go to All Elite instead of WWE, but it's probably the that was probably the biggest money difference. Yeah, in terms of competing offers, I can't imagine that the offer AEW had was more than WWE. No, I may, maybe Tony Khan has a ton of money. I mean, I know he has a ton of money and he was able to leverage it. I just can't imagine it. Yeah. Um, but that's, it's, it's, that's really cool. And I think that in terms of everybody they could possibly sign, that's bigger than any WWE cast off. That's bigger than any current WWE wrestler, because there's still this huge, I, I mean, I, I believe there to be a huge marketplace for people that just like, have would love to see Kenny Omega wrestle more or wrestle at all. I mean, Absolutely. I know it's not it's not like it's hard to find them on YouTube or whatever, but there's still a bunch of wrestling fans that spend a lot of time on the wrestling internet that don't that haven't like shelled out for New Japan. You yeah, know, and I haven't. mean, a year ago, CM Punk would have been the biggest deal, but now I think Kenny Omega is a bigger deal signing with them than than CM Punk. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that'll be. It's going to be interesting. Um, I saw a lot of people were kind of down on doing him versus Jericho again, but I think it's a great move. What's your What's your take on that? I love the first match. Maybe there's a stipulation there, but the first match was also no disqualification, right? Yeah. So you don't want to have something too gimmicky at your at your first big pay per view. I like it. I, I I it doesn't. I'm not I'm not super excited about it, but I'm sure they'll tear the house down. Yeah. I think they have to do. Look, I trust those two. Those those two and Daniel Bryan probably have the best minds in professional wrestling. So I'm sure they'll find a way to build this up in a way that makes us all really excited about it. You know, similar to like, you know, when Sean faced Undertaker for a second time, mm-hmm. like they found a way to make that story more exciting. I mean, the match wasn't as good, but they found the way the story to build it up more exciting. So I trust those guys finding a way to make us want to watch it. Agree. Agree. I mean, and it's not like they have to fill up, you know, two months of TV time to get us there. No. It's a cool match. And I think they're just kind of, it's a little bit of a safe bet, but at the same time, this is WWE. I mean, this is All Elite's biggest name wrestler going up against its like hottest, pro- its number one property, right? I mean, that's you've got to right. put them together. And Jericho's a guy who's not a WWE guy in the same way that Randy Orton's a WWE guy. Wrestle, Jericho's just known as one of the best of all times because he could wrestle in any promotion. It's true. Um, He's also working out those best of all time skills on social media right now, like tweeting or Instagramming photos of him and Batista. Just like he's like just working in the room, basically. Like everything yeah. that he everything that he says about all elite or about contract offers, whatever, is usually not true. He's just working everybody. It's fantastic. 
Um, and when I saw that pic of him and Batista like having lunch, I was just like, this is perfect. Yeah, because I think Batista's gone back to WWE for Mania. At least that that's what the rumor mill is. Well, I, I think all elites interested in him or whatever, but I guarantee that Jericho is just like, like, hey, can you come to this restaurant? I'll buy you lunch. Like, I'm two minutes from your house. Yeah. And he came by and he was like, hey, before we eat, take this picture real quick. I've got a, I've got a, I've got a cameraman <laughs> and a bunch of lighting set up, you know? <laughs> uh, anyway... That the the all eat super cool. Um, I'm very excited that Kenny Omega is going to be there because I I mean I don't think he was ever not going to go there. I feel like it was a little bit like a little bit like a little bit drummed up. It was a little bit you know like this hot new indie wrestler. I mean indie rapper from Canada. Drake doesn't have an album to rap on yet. Like we all knew that was shit at the time, and it yeah. proved to be true. But uh, it doesn't have a label yet. Did I say album or label? It doesn't have a label. Is what I'm label. I know um, nothing about the music industry, so. But that was a work too, and then now, and that and and but that's that's what I thought it was. But but the longer it dragged on, the more it felt like, and the more that the more that Marty Scroll sort of seemed seems to be now insinuated or like f- f- like comfortably situated in Ring of Honor. I started having doubts that they had all their kind of like dominoes lined up, and then I was like, well, shit, man, if they don't get if they don't get Kenny, then that's going to be a problem. They, they needed to get Kenny, or I mean. Kenny or CM Punk, right? I mean, those are the only two that would have made a huge. But CM Punk would have been felt more like a WWE guy coming in. Yeah, well, I wouldn't. No one would really mind that. No one would mind that. Um, I mean, the, the people that hate CM Punk. So we got that. We got. Uh, we got. Oh, uh, Pentagon and Phoenix versus uh, versus the Bucks. That's going to be yeah. the great, incredible match. I can't incredible wait to match. see that. Um, they haven't announced what Cody's doing yet, have they? I'm not sure. I don't. I don't think so. Uh, but anyway, well, I mean, it's an easy thing to Google right now. Is it? I don't know how this. What, how do you? What do you do? You type. You you go to <laughs> Google.com. Um, what are they doing about? Yeah, who's, Cody who's versus the TBA. Who's who are they do? How are they working out the title? Is Jericho versus Omega for the strap? Are they going? No, they don't have a title yet. They don't have a title yet. Remember, they did the NWA title thing, and that's sort of gone. Oh yeah, Hangman versus Pac is going to be great. Or Pac, sorry, I, I, I just yeah, was I knew that was happening. I, I was informed that it's that it's actually Pac because of the Britishism of the whole thing. Um, and then SoCal Uncensored uh, versus SEMA and Company. That's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be an incredible event. Anyway, back to WWE Elimination Chamber is this weekend. It's true. Uh, there's going to be a lot of eliminations. It's going to take one place chamber. inside a chamber. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hopefully it's just one chamber. That'd be confusing if there are multiple... A War Games Elimination Chamber match. Oh, let's just jump on into this. They could do a Hell in a Cell around an Elimination Chamber. And then maybe like... I'm like what you're Inferno doing here. Match, Keep going. And then there's a ropes that are fire outside of the Hell. That would be really great. Yeah. Um, and those dogs that were outside. The and, yeah, and then the, the dogs from, from hell? The hell dogs. Yep. Yeah. All right. I'm in. Book it. Let me see what's going on in this uh, Elimination Chamber card. Braun Strowman is fighting Baron Corbin in a singles match. <laughs> um, it was really the weirdest part of Raw for me this week was that was that sort of Braun Strowman, the the Braun Strowman and Finn and Kurt Angle versus Corbin and Lashley and uh, Drew McIntyre bit that was like. Ugh. That was like sort of where we would have gone if they hadn't just gotten rid of that storyline after whenever that the, what pay per view was when that flip flop 
Ron and flip flop. Yeah, yeah, at the end of the yeah, I don't even know what happened to Dolph Ziggler. By the way, I don't know. Aren't I you mean, good he, friends he went, with him? What? Aren't you good friends with Dolph? No, I mean I know him. He's nice. I've met him a couple times. I know. But um, but uh, nice guy. But he made he made his big return of the Rumble. Have we seen him since the Rumble? I don't think so. Huh. It's weird. It's really really strange. Um, He's not here to show the world. Not here to show the world. I want, yeah, he's great. It's really he's one of those. I just can't. Fig- I don't know why they can't figure that out. Anyway, but that was just weird to see that sort of like the shadow of that angle that didn't really happen. I assume Strowman's going over Corbin here. Strowman's. What do you think Strowman's doing at WrestleMania? Do we have rumors about that yet? I don't, I don't know. I made my elimination. Uh, I do. I don't want to repeat myself because I'm doing elimination chambers on my pod on Saturday prediction. The one idea that I had was Braun. I mean, I think this is maybe my WrestleMania booking is that you do. You do a newly formed Wyatt family around Daniel Bryan as like eco terrorists, mm-hmm. and then versus Braun Strowman because he's clearly the antithesis of all of that. Yeah, um, just because that's one top guy that Daniel Bryan hasn't gone up against yet. Okay. Otherwise, uh, I don't know what you do with him. Drew McIntyre seems kind of boring, and I don't know if they've really done that on a Raw. Triple H. Who- yeah, on the Raw side, you have Triple H would be interesting. They kind of had that like two Survivor Series ago. They were hinting at that when mm-hmm. when he turned on Triple H at the end of Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. That's right. Um, that'd be great if that was just the entire premise of the feud. Triple H just comes out and says like, by the way, I've been busy, but I haven't forgotten about you and like slaps him back. <laughs> I mean, you could do Wyatt versus Braun, I guess. Yeah. Student becomes a teacher. You don't got a lot of time to bring him back, but that's true. Um yeah, there's a lot. There, I mean, there, there's a couple of things you could do, I guess. Uh, Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush are now fighting against Finn Balor. This feels like we're putting the strap on Finn Balor. Yeah, you've. Got, I mean, you got to give him the title. Have him be the representative. I would. Of I would say you don't. You don't give him the title Wait and then have him win at WrestleMania. But I just don't. I'm sorry. I just don't want to see Lashley in that high profile of a program for this much longer. And I love Leo Rush. It's just the character just doesn't do it for me. How do you feel about Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at WrestleMania? <laughs> if I feel better about that than Bobby Lashley versus Finn Balor. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Finn- Actually, Owens versus Leo Rush would be a really fun match yeah. on its own. Remember, Lashley put Owens out. and it's um, true. He's got a, he's got a score to settle. What was that weird bowling promo they did on Monday for Kevin Owens? Did you see that? Maybe he still has time off. No, he does. I mean, that's it. He's, he's like, all right, well, I'll, this is all I'll agree to. I have bowling already set up, so. <laughs> it was just really tonally very strange. All those, like, and I, I liked Mustafa Ali's promo on SmackDown, but all those handheld promos are very bizarre. I don't mind them only because I... I feels like I, a found footage horror movie or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I commend them for doing something different. Um, but even if you're going to say Mustafa Ali's is good, I'm not sure what I was supposed to take from the Kevin Owens thing. Because he was... so. I mean, you know, he was sort of being a baby face to make it... To use the really, you know, the maybe outdated terminology. But then the kind of like goofy, like missing, like gutter ball at the end. I, the whole thing was very weird. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't become like a hacksaw Jim Duggan baby face. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Rousey's going to beat Ruby Riot. The only question is how good Ruby Riot comes uh, out of it looking. 
Um, you just mentioned, well, I guess Miz and Shane are taking on the Usos. Miz and Shane are, well, are either fighting at WrestleMania. <laughs> what about that weird moment during the promo on SmackDown when the Usos were talking about bathing each other? Yeah. You ever bathe each other? And then they like quickly backstep from that. They're like, uh, 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 not that we have ever done that. Usos can cannot do anything wrong, uh, <laughs> except maybe telling about co-bathing. That's fine. That's a normal thing. Normal twins thing for do. twins to do. I guess. Um, I don't want to hear about it. Yeah, no, I love it. I want these guys just to have like the f- these four to have just like a conversation on the pay per view, and I'll be happy. This is they're. they're I love the Usos, man. I, and I don't know. I mean. Miz is like a bona fide baby face now, which I, I never thought that that would work. But well, he's he's a qualified baby face. I think he's he's a, he's he's a baby face. I mean, he gets a great crowd reaction when he does what he's doing right now. But as soon as he like actually plays to the crowd like a baby face, then it's over. Yeah, you're right, a hundred percent. Um, but yeah, that's I'm really excited for that match because I think that they're. I mean, the Usos are sort of. I mean. I mean, they might be the best. I mean, amongst the best in the world in tag wrestling right now. I mean, they're, I, they're I really love the Usos. Uh, we were we talked about on Saturday. They're they're criminally underrated, but I just hope Shane learns how to punch by Sunday. I mean, I don't know he, that that That's won't not going to happen. But uh, I would love to see. I would love to see the Usos versus the Lucha Bros. That's the dream match I want to see. Um, uh, your uh, your ceiling's pretty low, David. I think we're going to get that match at some point. No, not not Lucha House Party. Oh, the Lucha Bros. So. Yeah, I mean like Pentagon and Oh, that's and right. Phoenix. Yeah, sorry. That, that'd be um, a terrific match. <laughs> I thought you meant Lucha House Party. You know the match second. I really want to see? I'm not <laughs> sure if you've heard of the... Um, <laughs> speaking of tag wrestling, the Revival are champions now. Yeah. After Monday Night Raw. It was a good match. Are you happy? It was a really good match. It was you a know, very good match. I figured out what my problem with the Revival is. What? There are these throwbacks... There's, you know, they're supposed to be Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. You know, that's that's yeah. the point of reference, right? I mean, that's not. I'm not breaking any ground by saying that. the The thing that's all something about them vi- visually has always made me uncomfortable, and I could never figure out what it was. It's that they're wearing these like fluorescent green like tights that are like that are, you know, they have all like the colors and the piping, and they're clearly like. Really like well made good briefs, right? So they should be wearing black trunks. They should be one of them in navy blue, one of them in red. They're kind of saggy. They don't really, <laughs> you know, just like the plain ass tights. Like whatever was backstage. Yeah, just like we each travel with the Pedro bag. Morales' just, old gear. You grab a handful of briefs out of your top drawer before you leave on the airplane, and then that's what, <laughs> and then that's what you got to wrestle in. And your knee pads don't match your tights, and there's. Those ringer socks coming up from the inside of your boot, like that's what it should be. Yeah, Just I think the really cheeseburger fantastic. on the way to the ring. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I talk about this again on the podcast that's released on Saturday, but it's just they just I just don't know how they work in WWE. I see how they work in NXT. I say see how they work in AEW or New Japan. Something about them in WWE just doesn't like work. Yeah, but I think that part of, I mean, I, I, I understand that. I mean, when Seth Rollins is like, the Revival is the best team on the roster, like not many people were cheering during that moment. The gender WWE well, crowd well, doesn't really te- care. But, but to some extent, you got to teach the crowd to cheer, right? I mean, when you've been like jobbing these guys for so long. Yeah. And their heels. And they're, you know, whatever. I think you give them a shot. It's not like they're doing anything else with those belts. No, I'm, I'm totally fine with them putting the 
to the belts on him, and, I, and I'd love to and see And you have three hours to You might as well give him each half and give him a half hour every week to just go out there and do something. Yeah. But I like him way better than Rude and Gable, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I mean, I, although I do think technically Rude and Gable, like, they did one move that was ter- like that. Uh, oh, they're great. By the way, they, was terrific. they've been putting it, putting in the work, and they've, they've, whatever. I just don't, I haven't liked Bobby Rude on the main roster particularly. I don't like him as a face. I don't like, I don't like Chad Gable in this gimmick at all. And I, but I appreciate that they like win all in on the gimmick. In the ring, he's so fucking good though. Like that match with AJ on SmackDown. Yeah. Was unreal. Yeah, he's very, very good. Um, I'm not quite sure what the right mode is for him. We'll find out. And we'll find out if they have something else. Um, and also the the robe the robe thing, the sort of Ric Flair cosplay that Bobby Roode does, has always seemed like not quite the right fit for him. Although I get it, you know, he's sort of for him. Him in that role is sort of like Harley Race playing the king. It's like we're establishing that you're awesome by putting you in some putting you in like some a new costume. Yeah. Right? It's ba- it's basically just like a stand-in for the belt by making you look like Ric Flair, we're implying that you're that good. But it's never felt like a perfect fit for him. The whole entrance is always a little bit of a He's a little bit stiff doing it, and and Chad Gable is like ten times as stiff. It's just not the right look for those guys. The theme song, I, you know, that's an interesting well, the question. Whole song. Who who would be better with that robe and that theme song on the roster? Um, I mean, I don't know if it's the best answer, but like, if they just, I mean, they'd be a great way to repackage Dolph Ziggler just to get the that, long, yeah, the that, long I blonde think that hair. Is a great the, answer. Um, I think that is a great answer. Yeah, I mean, you just, it's I don't know who I don't know who exactly the person. I mean, person. I, I think you just hit the nail on the head. Well, thank you. Um, they'll probably have a match on Sunday, and it'll probably be in the pre-show, and everybody will lose their shit. But who knows? Maybe they'll give them some time. Two big matches are the women's tag team elimination chamber match, which is weird that it's in the chamber, but still great. Are they going to be trapped in the pods with their partners? I guess. Can I? Can I? Because I haven't talked about this. How? I think my least favorite type of match is a tag team triple threat match. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, well, like what they did on Monday and Tuesday? When well, they the, even before that, I just don't understand the logic. Like, why would you tag another team in? Well, the good, I mean, and the good matches, they don't... I mean, it is a sort of second degree of logic. You should never tag in somebody, anyone except your partner, unless you're both, both beat up and tired, unless you're trying to get out of the way yeah. of a freight train. I don't know. I mean, I, you're right. It is weird. It's and every match just hangs on. What I don't know is why you would ever go near the corner of another team unless you meant to. Well, I mean, the one thing that it did make sense is like, okay, whoever gets pinned is the first spot in the elimination chamber. Oh, okay. Well, then then that that sort of makes sense for a triple tag team match. But just in general, yeah, I was I I kind of on SmackDown was hoping for a better showing from Mandy Rose and. Deville. Deville, yeah, I, I didn't. I just wasn't like their work as a team wasn't really impressing me. No, they're good friends, not great partners. Um, I'm glad they gave Ruby Riot the big singles match because it was sort of starting to look ironic that like she was getting short shrifted by not by being the the singles wrestler in right. her f- stable. Um, I don't know. This feels like this feels like it's got that. Bailey and Sasha just have to win. Although the only qualifiers in my mind are, well, one that like you have some actual tag teams 
I mean, I'm thinking specifically of the Iconics that like, what is their worth if not that or something? But right. And also they've been, they haven't been overselling Bailey and Sasha or maybe they haven't. I'm paying attention. They haven't been projecting it too much. I, I don't know if that's a negative or a positive, but I really do feel like there is an inevitable Bailey and Sasha versus Bella Twins WrestleMania match on the horizon. I don't, I'm just imagining it, but that just feels like... I mean, I think to keep Sasha and Bailey important, you need them to win. Yes, exactly. Them as a tag team, I mean, they've been flipped. Their whole back and forth has been so confusing, I think, for most fans. But to keep them important on the roster... I think you give them the belts. I hope that they run. Sure. I hope that they work an angle where. And I'm contradicting what I'm going to say on Saturday, by the way, because I was pre-taped. Um, I hope that they work an angle at some point after they get through this whole tournament thing, where it 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 turns out that like Sasha has CTE and she's actually forgotten Jesus all the stuff that they've gone Christ. through over the CTEs. Maybe. That's oh my right. God, that's a Saint Germain joke. From yeah. Sorry, not CTE. That uh, it's, amnesia. Yeah, it's like she's it's like, like memento like a, or something. Yeah, it's like it's like a funny movie. <laughs> it's a funny movie where she's forgotten like the past year. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I like how CTE is just like a minefield, and amnesia <laughs> is fine. Amnesia is great. Um, and then we got this men's match, <laughs> which um, you mentioned Mustafa Ali's promo earlier. He got hurt. He's that's legit. He got he can't wrestle this yeah. match, and so they gave the spot to Kofi Kingston, which they should have. He should have had the spot, and all. I mean, it's been saying this forever. Anyway, I find it hard to imagine Daniel Bryan's going to drop it, but he has not. But there are a lot of interesting options in here. Um, you don't have to. You don't have to spoil your prediction. But what do you think the odds? What do you? Where, where do you who, where, how would you rank the odds for each of these people? I think. I would say that Kofi's like the most unlikely just because he was added at the end, but they sure made him look good on Tuesday night and they gave him the pin. I mean, that you got to pin Daniel Bryan amongst others. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're setting up for a maybe they're setting up for a Kofi versus Bryan match at WrestleMania. I mean, that that's what the but Daniel Bryan versus the New Day might be the most like high profile feud they could do. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, and especially if you add like Luke Harper to Daniel Bryan's Stable. Mm-hmm. Um, Percentage wise, I mean, there's always the option. Don't ever no count out say. Randy Orton yep. winning and AJ then beating Randy Orton at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I would say never count that out. Yeah. I think the only person that has unfortunately no chance, well, the two people that have no chance are Samoa Joe and Jeff Hardy. Yeah. But ever everybody else has a little bit of a chance. Kofi has a little bit of a chance. Brian and Orton, I mean, I'm sorry, Orton and AJ have a chance, but I, I I don't know why you'd take it off Brian right now. Yeah, I think that Jeff has the lowest probably the lowest possibility, and then you get in the kind of so uh, Samoa Joe Kofi Kingston conversation. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Samoa Joe. Man, he is a he's the star of the show. He's you know? just great. It's just God. It just feels like he came to the promotion ten years too late, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. I mean, he's he does he's better. Or five years too late. Yeah, I mean, he's, far. it's it's. I guess there's a chicken and the egg thing. But did he get this awesome on the mic and everything? Be just would he have been that awesome at any point, or is this the right time for him? He's definitely better on the mic now than he was. That's what in I mean. TNA. But he but it was it just getting in the arenas and having I don't know. I just don't know. I mean, um, AJ's better on the mic in WWE than he was in TNA. Yeah. Yeah. I went. I don't. I, what's the deal? I don't even know. Um. Oh, here's some interesting news from the news from from one of these news sources. WWE had reps in Japan 
last week talking with promotions about potential partnerships for NXT Japan. Do you need that there? Do you it's, think WWE is going around? Do you think WWE is really going to expand forever? Or do you think that they're not forever? Or do you think, I mean, there is a there is a chance that this is like the NFL in, in England where they just pretend they're going there every year so people will buy jerseys. Like, are they, like, if you promise somebody an NXT franchise, will they just, that you keep holding it out there over their heads, they'll like, you get the cable companies to to air Monday Night Raw in a good time slot or something like I mean, I mean I'm just I'm, look I'm ignorant when it comes to a lot of these you know I know Puerto Rico has a huge wrestling scene I know Japan has a huge wrestling scene I know Mexico mm-hmm. has a huge wrestling scene but it seems like why don't you go to the markets that would love wrestling but don't have as big of a scene you know like with India and yeah no well, that they, makes they, more been, sense there's been to me discussions that they're trying and to maybe do India more. has a huge promotion I'm just basing that off of um What's his name's podcast? Ginger Mahal's podcast on Chris Jericho. Um, yeah, I mean they're they, they're talking about. I mean they're 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 trying to figure out how to do more content for India and just Asia in general. But that's a it is a good question. I just think it's so far away. Like, why would you like think of all the time? Like, you have to put Shawn Michaels and Matt Bloom in Orlando to get NXT to like be as good as it is. And like all the trainers that are down there, think of the right. amount of talent, including Triple H. Triple H has the NXT, the performance center is, is on a big screen television in Triple H's office in Stanford, Connecticut, 24 hours a day. Like every time he's at his desk, he's watching the performance center. All of that talent is going into NXT and you would just like open up a new one in Japan. Just be like, yeah, it'll be fine. Like it's gonna run fine on the other side just, of the it's world. It's a small country with already a tremendous promotion in the country. So it's yeah. I mean, what, a, lot NX, of promo- NX, a lot of big promotions. Uh, yeah, a, a bunch of different promotions. You know, all Japan. But I, I would say, can um, what about Canada? Yeah, that would be great. NXT Canada. I mean, listen, I said forever that you could do NXT Texas and California in a second. Like those are just big, big areas that have big wrestling traditions. I mean, imagine just like build the Sportatorium again, you know, and that's where that's where we have NXT or like the Cow Palace or whatever. I mean, it would be just like you just start running those shows and it would be you'd sell out so fast, man. You can make you can you can fill up in like New York and L.A. You can fill up any arena doing anything. I mean, any reasonable like a full sale size venue. You could you could sell that out in five seconds every week. NXT Mid-South. Oh, yeah, that'd be fantastic. Anyway, yeah, I know. I think that there's a lot of interesting options out there. I think um, part of me was thinking this is probably this is a terrible idea, but like when you're talking about oh we got to keep up with all elite like all this AEW stuff's happening, they're signing all these people. WWE should what if, what if WWE had just gone to everybody on the roster and let's let's start with Dean Ambrose, let's say he'd be amenable to it and just say if you're not happy with your contract, if you're not if you don't want to be here, say so right now. And everybody like Dean Ambrose, the revival, all these people think they're getting their releases to go home or to go work for All Elite. But instead, it's like a trick. <laughs> no, not really a trick. But instead, it's like you don't get to leave because we care about you and we want to keep you employed. But you all, but you do just get to start your own promotion, and it's going to be on the WWE Network every Wednesday night. I think that would work for some people. Like you guys, it's like it, like Randy. It's yeah, like who could run a fucking Dean promotion? Ambrose. Well, that's the question. It would be fun. Randy Orton. Can you imagine? No, no. Randy Dean Orton? Ambrose. It's like Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose doesn't talk to anybody backstage. That's true. But what if we did? What if it was Apparently. just like you know? There's got to be some writer who's like beloved by all. Just well, like, that's more of the option. Like give like who's the guy Jimmy Jake is 
his own promotion. He just got signed by All Elite, didn't he? Yeah. Or no, or did he? I'm not. No, sure. I'm, I'm confusing I'm, him with somebody else. I'm not but, sure, but I'm saying like somebody like that. I mean, yeah, exactly. You get get a writer and just like, hey, he's in, he's in charge, or like whatever. We're gonna have like a bean counter from the front office who just like checks in every once in a while. Yeah, and you got a production team and. They're going to be filming your weekly show, but they're also going to be just tailing you all the time because regardless, this is going to make a hell of a documentary at the end. Just watching you guys fight with each other nonstop. I mean, I don't think that the W... I, I think that what the WWE... Or succeed. The WWE is looking at this globally, which is smart. Um, but, you know, you might as well build up your own stars from those countries rather than um, try to put your stars there that you haven't really been able to make work I think the big yeah you're right you're right I think it would just be fun Walter I mean now that NXT example oh, of God, that yeah um, and listen NXT's is that I mean you know we already have an alternative within the walls of WWE right but it would just be fun if there was like why not just have your own little you know your own ECW you know and your they're own gonna pillage like, like NXT pirate. as soon as Wrestlemania is done I mean how you mean the more, main roster? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know how much more Alice... I mean, Ricochet has got to win in the strap, right? But you could take... Right now, they both promotion, SmackDown and Raw. Raw especially would greatly benefit from Velveteen Dream, Ricochet, and Aleister Black. I think Velveteen's there. got another year down there. It'll be interesting what kind of molding that promotion, his image will look like. But yeah, I think that, I think that Aleister Black and Ricochet... Or have to get caught. I mean, Ricochet just because of his age, you know. I mean, like just to get the best usage out of him. Yeah, Alistair Black. You could bring up the Undisputed Era. You could, you know, there's a lot of there's. there's I think you leave them down there. I mean, I would, but I, but I, but there's, you know, there's a lot of talent that's that could be called up in a second. And Raw is hurting. Did you like Dean Ambrose versus uh, EC3? Oh, part we forgot two? to talk about the the biggest the biggest talk of the dirt sheets this week is that Dean Ambrose went off script. Really, I totally missed this. What did he say? That? No, yeah, tell me. Apparently, he was have to. I mean, this is from I think like Meltzer and other people. So who knows if it's bullshit? But he had a long winded baby face promo that was written for him about you know uh, reforming the Shield and you know like one of us would. But he just said slay the beast and he left. It was kind of like. Like oh, I don't so do he this. was so he was supposed to do a big he promo and slay promo the beast. And was all he said, said was, "I have one thing to say: slay the beast." And then he sat down. So he kind of trolled. According to Dave Meltzer at the Wrestling Observer, I'm reading this from the internet. Dean was supposed to say a lot more. He was apparently scripted to deliver a whole promo to Seth, where he talked about their time in the Shield and about Roman Reigns, and eventually got around to saying slay the beast. Reportedly, Dean made the decision to himself to cut it all and keep it simple. Since he's apparently leaving after WrestleMania, he has some freedom. To do what he wants without lasting consequences. I mean, I will say that, like, the reaction to the Slay the Beast bit was a little bit more clear than may that comment maybe deserved. And, like, immediately after he said Slay the Beast, the announcers were just like, an act of reconciliation. And he was like, <laughs> really? Like, I'm not really sure if that was true. But and, anyway. then, and then they had EC3 losing a roll up to Dean Ambrose, which is really bizarre. Yeah, there's some talk, not necessarily like reputable, that they're trying to a last push to re-sign Ambrose. I don't think you need to get a scoop to know that. Like they would like to keep Dean Ambrose employed. Of course. Uh I'm sure they've already offered him more money. I'm sure they've already offered him a reduced schedule. I'm sure they've given him whatever he wants, if you know, whatever. Um Do we even talk about this? Did I 
that after the, a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if it was the last time you were here after that, that like I said, if we have to consider the possibility that this is all a work because it's pro wrestling and because it's Dean Ambrose and because yeah, whatever. We talked about that two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. That's exactly. We talked about that. I was just, you know, voicing that option. Uh, kind of worked myself into a shoot about it and really convinced myself that just because of the, because they gave him the mic at all on that night to be cut off by, by Nia Jax. I was like, this is, I'm feeling like this is a work. Got to tell you, boy, was I corrected. <laughs> if this is a work, then like WWE's has like, has a like PR team that's sole purpose is to convince David Shoemaker <laughs> that this is not a work because I got I heard about it from various people. Um, well, I mean, but it, you know, again, it's like, wouldn't this be a perfect work to have? You know, because how easy must it be to tip off Meltzer? <laughs> you know, if somebody from inside WWE called Meltzer and be like, "Oh man, there's supposed to be this elaborate." promo that Dean was supposed to and then no Dean, no no that know, part would be easy that's easy but it's more like yeah I mean I, I think that it could be a work but I but I you know people seem to be very people who know for for different sorts of reasons are all very sure that this is this is not but listen he could change his mind that's the great thing about pro wrestling you don't have your thumb on the pulse of WWE like I do that's maybe true all right. Well, Sunday is the Elimination Chamber. In case there's any question about whether or not we're on the road to WrestleMania, we're definitely on it now. Are you excited? I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. I, you know, I, I'm interested to see how the rest of the card rounds out. Yeah. It's, oh, we also didn't talk about that Undertaker's tar- charging $25,000 a personal appearance. That felt like a non-story to me. Do you feel like this is a story? I think it's just funny. You know there's going to be some dude who's going to pay 25 grand just to hang out with The Undertaker at his house. Sure. And he's probably a prince in Saudi Arabia. (laughs) It's going to be like $25,000. Like, so you will just come live here for the rest of your life for like two million? Uh, Yeah. How much money would you pay? To hang, hang out, out with, with the Undertaker? Undertaker for a day, give and and let's a say, day? well, I mean, like whenever you want from start, whenever like you're the the out the outer limits of the hangout of the hangout are eight a.m. to midnight. Okay, you hang out as much of that time as you want, and he's got to be nice to you. He's gonna pretend to be your friend. I think a thousand dollars. That's all you would pay. Yeah, I, I mean, so. that's a lot of money. I'm not trying to say thousand dollars is a lot of money. I don't I'm, think I'm not I, working right now. I don't think I would pay a thousand dollars, but it would be fun. Um, the him being nice to me part was my was is probably the the most attractive part of the whole. Thing. That was the most vulnerable I've ever seen you. I'm crying. There's a tear <laughs> running down my cheek right now. All right, let's get out of here, Dan. What do you got to plug? Ah, uh, DanSagerBrand.net for all my dates. No real winners here is my album. I also have a uh, podcast about wrestling. And just in case you haven't heard me babble enough about wrestling this week, total FN marks on the all things comedy. Network and uh, the show I wrote for Alternatino uh, comes out on Comedy Central this spring. Thank you. Really great. Was that, did you practice that? It was compact. Jim? I'll be performing in Tom Gun Live this Saturday at Catch One in Los Angeles. Tickets at TomGunLive.com. Thank you guys for listening. Jim, thank you for being you. Mm-hmm. Apologies as always to Dean Ambrose. I hope that promo was the promo you wanted to cut. We'll see you back here after Elimination Chamber, Hubinoids. 
humanoids. Humanoids. Can I say that right? Let's go with that. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Mass Man Show. 